We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN. I am one of your hosts, Ty Windish. Joining me from the land of data and science is almost Dr. Rohan Kadi. Rohan, in our hearts, you're a doctor of hoop. How about that? Dr. Duncanstein. Sure. Yeah, let's let's say I'm a doctor of hoop. Uh, can, you but, dunk uh, on, can you dunk on nine? Probably. I haven't tried. I would think so. I remember when I realized I could dunk on eight and I put my hoop at eight and I was just like, this is the best. I've, oh I my see goodness. why this is so fun. And, and like the NBA players kind of get into it with this dunking thing because it's a good time. It is. It is. Uh, me and my friends, we'd go. Uh, there was this park when we were in like high school that had eight foot hoops oh, yeah. and we would just have like dunk contests there. It was it's the great. best. It, it it truly is. It's truly fun. I see why I see why NBA players and athletes love it so much. Now I understand why football players just in the offseason are just dunking everything they can. Uh, yeah, I like, would. Like Miles Garrett, OBJ. They're just like showing these dunk videos. I know that they, they had to do it. They had to do it for because they were like breaking goalposts, but it's still too bad that you can't legally dunk the football in the crossbar either. Cause that would have to be a top ten. I mean, imagine you catch a touchdown pass and then dunk a football. I mean, that's got to be top tier. The only thing better would be if you hit like a walk-off in baseball and there was anywhere to dunk the bat. That would be the top tier sports feeling. That would. I guess you could run to the outfield, dunk the bat, and run back. But I think by the unwritten rules of baseball, they'd have you killed. Anyway. Is um, that not deviating from the the path as well? That's true. I don't know if you can be out for that for a homer. Baseball, uh, cruising for a bruising, folks, let us know. Uh, Adam and Andrew. But anyway, we've got a lot of Buck stuff to talk about. Milwaukee just wrapped up uh, an uninspiring but very fun, at least on the second half, back-to-back against Indiana and the Spurs. We, we're going to talk in a minute about the Giannis-Wemby duel because it was just outstanding. I mean, I feel like Milwaukee got robbed of seeing this in person a, a month ago or however long ago. But the Bucks hold on 125-121 on this Sega Baba. 
Segi Baba, however it's said. After losing a couple more games to the Pacers, pretty similar story in both. Milwaukee's defense just got tired and bad and exploited, and the offense wasn't even close to good enough, in part because of some uh, just not good enough play from Damian Lillard and a bunch of other guys, which we will get into. But nice to see, even without the threes, Dame bounce back and have 25 points, 10 assists, and I think he and Giannis combined for almost all of the last 26 points. I think Pat scored one on a free throw, so all of the last field goals in regulation are to beat the Spurs. That's a lot of words, Rohan. How's it going? How are you doing? And, and what are your overall thoughts on the Milwaukee Bucks? I, I, it's, what, what, I didn't hear what you said. Oh, did it not register? I just I made a know. fart noise. Oh, and I don't think it uh, registered. So I was like, oh, I don't know what he means. This could be anything. No, no, no. I just made a fart noise because, uh, yeah, it's been a pretty uninspiring week of Milwaukee Bucks basketball. Yeah. Uh, way to not not the greatest way to ring in the new year i mean you talked about it the the back-to-back losses against the indiana pacers and against uh the san antonio spurs they don't put a team away that has five victories on the season um i think it was it was uh shack and chuck uh post game were saying yeah this is the type i think it was shack this is the type of game where like pat riley eric spolstra phil jackson they go into the locker room and they say yeah you guys didn't deserve to win this game because it truly wasn't the most inspiring performance you'll ever see this is a bad team in the san antonio spurs but the bucks have been playing down to their competition level they did that against the pacers uh two games in a row and now they've done it against the spurs we'll get into why but just in my general idea of what's going on with the milwaukee bucks my general feeling is it's not super inspiring it's not super inspiring i don't think anyone watching these games can actually feel pretty decent about where the bucks are at at this point in time with their current state of play because there are issues all across the board there's offensive issues there's defensive issues there's personnel issues there's it's just that you you can't find one thing that the milwaukee bucks are really really excelling at right now and i think it's just it's just a tough place to be yeah what do you think the reason is i've been thinking about this too it kind of feels like the road trip is taking a little bit of a toll i think they're sluggish overall and they have been uh, outside of one of the Indiana games, they've been on the road since December 23rd. They've been home once since then. It, Knicks on the road, Knicks, Nets, Cavs on the road, Pacers been at a home, long, Pacers been on a the long road. Way from and, home. and now we're in Texas. We're not, but the Bucks are in Texas. They played the Spurs, and I believe now they play the Rockets on the road. Are they still on the road after that? Uh, let me check. I thought it was seven of eight, so I'm guessing they're going back home pretty soon. Maybe one. So they play the Rockets that? on Saturday, but then they have a four-game homestand. They play okay. the Jazz at home, the Celtics, the Warriors, the Kings. Okay, so some days then. off and and some home games will be nice for the Milwaukee. I don't think that's all of it. I'm not hand waving all the the poor play. I do think that's part of it, though. I think you're a step sluggish, and and it really uh, manifests itself when you're already not a great offensive team or defensive team, and. You know, I've had people upset at me because I keep blaming the offense and they're giving up 144 or whatever to the Pacers. But I do think the things are so interconnected. And when they give up live ball turnovers, which they've been doing, they just have not been sharp enough offensively. I think there's been some indecision uh, on on everyone's part, just not enough shots being taken. And uh, one of the main culprits, I know you did a, a graph on and we will talk about in detail later. Um, but the bad offense makes the the bad to okay defense look horrendous. And I think that's been the, the worst of it for the Bucs. I think teams have gotten out in the break 
and then they've gotten their confidence like we used to see in a different way on the Budenholzer Bucks when the drop would op- allow open shots. And then, you know, even if you take them away, even if you switch after, teams get in that rhythm and then they just don't miss. I think that's what the Pacers did. I think the Spurs, you look at a Spurs team that is not good, has some solid players. I mean, Devin Vassell is good and he looked great against Milwaukee, but, you know, he gets out in transition, some open shots on leakouts. He ends up shooting 67% from the field and from three, six for nine from deep. Wemby had a great game from two, couldn't get the threes to fall. Jetty Osmond is finding some space and knocking down some threes. It honestly felt like the Spurs were shooting better from three, but Milwaukee also just let Jeremy Sohan shoot, and that did not go well for San Antonio. But it, it just feels like, like I don't know if they have some you know, malignant issue that they can't overcome and they're just going to be like this. It just feels like they're in a rut in the new year for whatever reason. And I'm hopeful they can snap out of it before the road street road trip ends against Houston. But I, I just feel like something's going to click and they're just going to look better. And maybe it's Dame hitting three threes in the first quarter and then the offense is on easy mode again and, and things go from there. But it has felt like just a cascading series of issues that something just needs to snap at some point. Besides Giannis, who I thought has played very well for almost all of these games and kept them afloat. Yeah, for sure. It's it's there, there's a lot of factors at play here, and we'll talk a little bit more about the minutia of what's going on in these games. But it's you hope, like at the at the end of the day, you hope that it's just like a, an issue of yeah, just guys aren't hitting their shots. They're in, they're not in a good groove. But I'm starting to like see a little bit of issues on like should we where should we start? Where what were you gonna say? Uh, let's start. Let's start with the offensive then. Okay. Uh, the offensive end of the court. And I know you had mentioned that Damian Lillard, just if he's like hits three threes in a fourth quarter in a first quarter and gets this team going, that'll be great. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing oh, if Damian Lillard uh was able to actually like perform like the all NBA caliber player that he is and has been throughout his career. I mean, just uh both Pacers games just let Giannis down, frankly. Uh yeah. it's just and while taking an insane amount of shots he's just not hitting him he's getting to his spots but he's not getting to his spots as cleanly as he has been earlier in the season whether that be because of just like some fatigue or whether that's just because of uh maybe it's not the highest quality of screens being set though that has improved as the season has gone on maybe he's still trying to figure out his rhythm maybe we don't know behind the scenes the offense could be being rejiggered with all of the uh, with the new coaching uh higher who knows like the that's i'm not saying that's happening i'm saying who it's a possibility so all of these things are sort of happening at once but on the offensive end of the court i am not seeing teams get like this milwaukee bucks team get into a good flow like they were during the month of december during that month of december where you're scoring 130 plus points per game you saw this offense hitting it's at at all cylinders i forget which game it was uh, wait, what was like the the pinnacle offensive game uh, from the Bucks in the month of December? I'm trying to I'm trying to pull it up right now. I mean, they put 140. Probably the Pacers game. They scored 140. Then they put up 146 on the Pistons. 120 on the Rockets was pretty good. 146 on the Knicks, I think, is what I'm the talking Knicks about. The Knicks game was a great yeah. one too. Yeah. But the thing is, with the Knicks game and all of these other games, but mostly the Knicks game, from my memory. You saw a lot of players getting in the right positions on offense. You saw guys reading and reacting, making cuts correctly. 
the Bucs aren't doing that right now. The Indiana Pacers in those two games against the Bucs, they were just sending everyone they could at Giannis. And previously, we had seen Bucs players sort of get into the right spots, find Giannis's passing vision, get into the right lanes. If someone's trying to recover, back cut on him. If he's trying to, if if Giannis is driving the lane or if someone else, Dame, whoever, is just like driving the lane. And yeah, you can do a little Wade Iverson cut, see if you can get some free space against a defense that's loading up against a drive. That was happening. If you see this, these last three games that the Milwaukee Bucks have played, that hasn't really been happening. We've seen guys get really out of position. Take the Spurs game, for example. There was a possession where Pat Connaughton drove into Giannis and just lost the ball out of bounds. That's just it's it's a it, that is emblematic of a team that's out of sorts. Like they don't know where they're supposed to be on the court because that can't be the if that's the plan, just throw everything away because that's that can't I mean, be the plan. Let's let's cut to the bench because I think this these are very intertwined issues. The starters played fairly well for I think the first two to three quarters in in both Indiana games, at least the second one. I mean the Bucks had a lead at halftime. The bench comes in and things have just been falling apart. And we noted this weeks ago that the bench had, was not playing good enough. They had a, a kind of good run, and now it's back to just being horrible again. Of course, there was the one Pacers game where Milwaukee got outscored by like 50 points or something by their bench, which was inflated because two Pacers starters combined to play like 19 minutes. So it wasn't a it wasn't like they did it in the similar minutes to Milwaukee's bench, but still, it was a disparity. Bobby's afraid to shoot threes. Pat, I, I don't know what's going on with Pat half the time. I mean, it's like usually he's in the right position. Defensively, he's been getting bullied a lot of the time. He jumps way out of the play all the time again, which had been a problem for him in the past. He just can't hit shots most of the time when they really need him to. When they used to go down late in games, there was a dagger against the Spurs that would have put it away earlier, and it just didn't go down. Campaign, it's just like flip a coin if he's going to hit any shots or not. I think he was 0 for 4 against the Spurs. Um, At least he's consistent in what he does. Yeah, I mean, he played well in the second Pacers game. Well, I mean, better than most of the rest of the bench. It wasn't wasn't great. Um, Marjan, Marjan's been okay. I mean, he's he's worked the dunker pretty well. It's been good to see. That uh, second Indiana Pacers game was a prime example of how Marjan has really found his way yeah. in the Bucks offense. And again, he had missed a game earlier from a non-COVID illness, so him working his way back, getting back in the rotation, is good. But sorry, continue. No, it's good. And then. Uh, Andre Jackson Jr. has like made a couple of mistakes and just not had as much run as we're used to seeing. And I know the season long, and I think the recent numbers, as fun as it's been to watch him, like the Bucks have been demonstrably worse with him on the court. Um, going back to, and obviously it's somewhat uneven minutes, but how many threes do you think Marjan has hit since December? Since after the game on December fifth, which was the Knicks in-season tournament win. Um, how many threes has he hit? Probably yes. like five. Wow, you are uh oh, well, it's seven with tonight's game. Excuse me, but yeah, five coming into tonight's game, which he hasn't even shot a poor percentage. To be fair, he just hasn't shot very many, which I think he turns them down sometimes as well and doesn't always let it go. I, I feel like that's a lot of the gumming up. Is I mean, even with Dame, who is in many ways the ultimate spacer, pretty much everyone coming off the bench either is not comfortable letting an open shot go or or does and just isn't effective at it. And that's just – it's just hard to maintain. For a team that needs to rely on offense, it's hard when everyone you bring in is gumming up the offense to some extent. I mean, I, we're going to have a Bobby conversation probably pretty soon. Like he, he had his shot for like two weeks. And before he had his shot, 
he was finding ways to contribute. His post-ups were more effective. He was getting to the rim. He was rebounding. These last couple of games, he's just looked lost out there. I don't really know what's going on. It doesn't – I thought this was a game he could feast against a Spurs team that has like one big and who was on a minutes restriction, only played half the game and is not as strong as Bobby and Wembenyama, but unable to make an impact again. So I also wonder how much Chris Middleton, who played half of the Spurs game, maybe it had to do with the rest policy, his first back-to-back though in quite some time, years probably – uh, yeah, I believe I don't think he did one last season. I think he might have tried. See, I, we have to look it up. But I, I want to look it up later. I wonder how much, though, I want your thought on this, how much, you know, Chris coming back and being on ball a bit more, do you think guys are getting acclimated to that too? I, I don't I don't really know exactly what it is. I think the bench has a lot to do with it, though, because they've just been poor. I think, the, I think those two sort of could feed into each other because we have seen a lot of lineups with Chris Middleton plus bench players. Like, these are... These are sort of uh, lineups we're starting to see more. And I think you hit the nail on the head here is that one of the biggest problems for the Bucks bench is just indecisiveness. They don't know where they're going. Like Bobby Port, like we'll, we'll talk about Bobby in a little bit, but we've teed this up five times. People are going to think we have outlandish <laughs> Bobby takes. It's, it's just, it's just a lot of indecisiveness and it's a lot of guys not knowing here. Let's do the Bobby thing. What, what is like I, I I shared a graphic on on good old Twitter about how Bobby Portis is second in the league in uh, frequency of post ups. So uh, just any possession where he posts up, there's he's the second highest frequency, right behind uh, Nikola Jokic, and uh, so he's second. The rest of the top ten, but besides Jokic and Bobby. Bam Adebayo, Jonas Valanciunas, Yusuf Nurkic, Anthony Davis, Alperin Sengun, Joel Embiid, Julius Randle, DeAndre Ayton. Like, those are all players who you would expect to be like, yeah, these guys are just posting up all the time. The The issue is, is that Bobby is not an efficient, has not been an efficient poster. It's, it hasn't been an efficient play. And the points per possession he has are 0.91. That's the second lowest in the top 10 outside of DeAndre Ayton who just is at 0.81 and it's just like, yeah, Portland Trailblazers are a tanking franchise. And yeah, I'd like that. That almost just doesn't count. Uh, yeah, he's also just of, not a, not a real post-up player. Right? It just doesn't really do it that he's like 10th in frequency among the top 10. So yes, he is. He is tied with Julius Randall at 16.5%. But yeah, the post-up frequency is, is high, but the post-up points per possession are not high because how often, uh, do you see him pass out of a post-up opportunity? And how often do you see him actually be a hub, like Bam Adebayo, for instance? Like, he posts up a lot because he acts as an offensive hub from, like, the elbow, from the from the post position. That's where he operates, and that's how he, get, like, runs the team. Bobby Portis, when he posts up, at, what, what else has Bobby Portis done in the last two weeks or however long yeah. it's been? besides just set a screen at the corner so we can get post position and have the guy throw the ball. That's what else is being done when he's on the court. Passing up the Nothing. That's it. That's realistically it. Like there's, there have been so many possessions where it's just Damian Lillard feeding Bobby Portis in the post. And it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah. I just, I don't understand. And Bobby Portis, he has not been that guy for like, he just hasn't like done this before. Like he is second right now. He was 10th in post-up frequency last year. 
last season. He was 10th, and he had a higher points per possession. He was at 0.99 at a 19.2% frequency last season. And it's just like even last season we were starting to see like a little bit of the cracks, right? I just need him to do more. Real, I, I just I need him to do more. Yeah, I don't think that's too much to ask for. No, but the problem is he hasn't been a good shooter at all. I, I don't have the season-long number in front of me, but I know it's not very good. And when he's a role man in pick and roll this season, which he does less often, he only scores 0.91 points, which for anyone who's not familiar with the, the nerd stuff, anything below one point per possession is not very good. I mean, I, you'd, you'd like to be a little bit above one. It's like a pretty good play. And it's obviously just how many times you score. You're not. It's not going to be like above two in any sort of real sample. That would obviously be a pretty busted play if you got a score every time, essentially. But sub one is pretty bad. I mean, it's basically like shooting less than 50% on a two-point shot without drawing any free throws. So obviously, even with the free throws mixed in, to be below one is not ideal. And it's been an issue because we all know as much as he's had found some success trapping, that does not seem to work as well lately and switching and everything else. You know, Bobby Portis has to be an offense first player. And this goes back to last postseason or 2022 postseason, excuse me, when we talked about, well, actually Bobby didn't defend horrible against the Celtics that playoffs, but the shots weren't falling. And then it's just like, you know, you're fine if you're an okay defender, if you're a good offensive player consistently. Like that's for sure. That's, Damian Lillard, he's more than a good offensive player consistently, but, you know, make a couple steals and, and fight, and that, that's enough. That's all you need. You know, Bobby is no Dame offensively and and has just not been good offensively. He's still, I think, like seventh in bench scoring, It was according to the broadcast, which I have to imagine is buoyed by some earlier season stuff. But, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's it's funny because I've seen gripes about some of the bench lineups, and it was a, a ugly one that actually wasn't horrible tonight with Chris only playing one half, that it was campaign, Pat, um, all bench players. I don't forget who else was all out there. It wasn't Bobby because he didn't play in the fourth quarter of this game, which I thought was illuminating. Um, but Bobby should be able to hub those bench units to a certain extent. I mean, that's his role on the team is to do those post-ups and everything. So it's been disheartening to see, you know, I think a lot of the issue lately is he hasn't been a great fit with the starters and he hasn't been able to provide that bench punch. And that's just a killer for a guy that you need that from. And you can say the same for Pat Connaughton, who I think is less detrimental to the starters. I think he does take the shots most of the time. He just has not made them, which really isn't that much better, but whatever. Um, And again, like, yeah, has not provided. I think, did he score three points again? Probably. I don't know. I think he had three points and like four. No, he had seven points. I think coming into this game, he had like three points on either one for three or one for four shooting, like four or five games in a row. And I was like, okay, that's not that's not very good. Yeah, and I guess like to, to go back to these numbers, and I uh, we've seen I, I've seen in my replies, uh, shout out shout out Frank Men, uh, who was uh, who was saying like as as sort of like uh, saying it's two point four shots per game, which is true. That is, it's two point four field goal attempts on these post ups from Bobby Portis. That's true. My thing is is that it's not just the possessions where he shoots. It's not even the possessions where it counts as a post-up because it only counts as a post-up if he's able to get the ball in post position. There's so many times where he's just fighting for post position and player. It's it's like the entire offense 
is just how can we get Bobby Portis the ball? And again, this isn't the end all be all. The reason the Bucs are struggling is not solely because of Bobby Portis post-ups. No, that's not what I'm trying to say here. What I'm trying to say is it's one of the issues, and it's also emblematic of the current issues plaguing the Milwaukee Bucks, is that they just they they seem out of sorts. They seem out of sorts. They they're struggling to find identity in these lineups. Because one thing they're trying to do, and credit to Bobby, he's trying his best to do it, is, hey, when I'm in the game, we're going to feed me, we're going to do it, this is just how it is. Like, yeah, that's an identity. It is an identity. Is it a good one? Probably not. Well, but the, the other counter is, what else is he doing? Yeah, it's like, I you mean, can... You, I mean, if if he's not taking threes and he's not being like a, a spacing threat on like a pick and pop, then he's nothing. not rolling effectively. Like it's it's not necessarily to me about how many possessions. It's like, well, what is the value prop then of Bobby? Exactly. What I'm trying to like, what I'm trying to illustrate here is that he's only doing that, and that he could provide so much more because, like, like you said, if you want to catch the ball like in in a painted area. Sort of operate out of the short roll. You can do that. That'd be a good role for Bobby. Yeah, he'd be able to see the ball, uh, see the see the court well. He'd be able to operate right in the lane. He'd be able to set screens, maybe get a ball handler some space. So there's multiple options because if he gets the ball in post position, he's not going to pass the ball. Yeah, uh, and it's it, just like another Bucks big, but it's just it's like you you can do more. Again, that's not. I'm not trying to say this is the 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 post up frequency and points per possession are the end all be all. No, I'm not. I'm, I actually watch these games too, and yeah. I'm just saying like, yeah, it's it's backing up my eye test of yeah, he can provide more because he's not providing a lot in his role right now. Yeah, he did frightened to put it simply. And, espe- and, espe- and especially, sorry, especially considering we're going to have conversations soon, and he is one of two real tradable salaries on this yeah. Bucks team. Yeah. Uh, that is another very good point uh, to make. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I think it's it's just like, it's been tough. And it's it's not easy to just like totally redo his role as the season's going on, but he has not posted up well enough over the course of the season to I think justify that spot at this point. And he came into the he came into the year as like yeah that's your that's your sixth man. He was a sixth man of the year finalist last season. I don't think he has really played to that standard for most of this season so far. I know it's his goal to win it. I don't think that's going to happen. He just has not just has not been good enough. Uh, which is obviously unfortunate. I think the bench in general has just been poor. You know, I, I remember poo-pooing. I might have been bot or someone in our Discord, gspn.info for the link, on like, oh, would you do Pat Connaughton and like the Bucks' future second for Jetty Osmond? And I was like, no, you don't really know Jetty Osmond's better. And all the blah, blah, blah. I've watched Pat a lot. I watched Jetty Osmond tonight. If that's how Jetty Osmond usually looks, he, he's better. He's just a better player. I, right I, do, I do not think that is how Jetty Osman usually looks. Uh, let me pull up the numbers. Well, do you know what Pat's averaging? Bad. Five points, 60% from two, 20, 32% from three. It's not ideal. The assist to turnover is not bad, though. But it's just like the lack of productivity is the issue. I mean, less than six points in when he's played. I mean, Griffin has tried to rely on him and obviously is aware of what he accomplished on the team. Jetty in 18 minutes, 7.3 points. He's actually only shooting 35% from three. He is a guy that always feels like he's shooting better. Never mind. I don't want Jetty Osmond. I never really wanted him. But the problem is, for tonight, he looked like the clearly better player, and that's an issue. And Pat, Pat has been outplayed by all sorts of bench guys going back the whole season and all of last yeah. season except for the playoffs. And it's like those two guys are the guys you want to rely on coming off of your bench. In theory, if you have them and in a normal game, you always have one of Chris Giannis uh, Dame, you should be okay. That should be enough offense no matter who else is out there. And it's a good roster. It's not like there's bums next to those guys. There's young guys, but there's not bums. But the young guys have played better. I, I think it's pretty easy to make a case that one of the, the worst Adrian Griffin things we've seen is over-relying on these guys, but then you also have to factor in it's a long season and you don't want to give up on vets who have won a championship with the Milwaukee Bucks. However, I do think we're getting to a point where those guys lose opportunity, especially we have some Jay Crowder news we'll talk about, but you know the, the young guys I think played more in the fourth quarter than Bobby did against the Spurs. I don't think that was an accident. No, it wasn't an accident. And like, yeah, it's not just Bobby. I'm not trying to pile on Bobby. Uh, but it's it's just the it's just the bench in general. Pat Connaughton, I could say the same exact things. Not talking about post ups, but just in terms of overall level of play, it's just not where it needs to be. It 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 just it it just isn't. Yeah. So then, what else? There's defense. Yeah, Luis, let's talk about the other Bucks big. Here's the thing with Brooke Lopez has not. Oh, I thought we were well. talking about Marquise Bolden. We, I, I think we're going to be if these if Brooke and Bobby keep playing like this. Um, no, but I think. Um, and by the way, Bobby did not play in the fourth against yeah, the Spurs. Yep. Yeah. 
Uh, he uh, closed out the third. He looked like he hurt his hand, but then he stayed in the game. It could be related. I guess we'll, we'll see on that. But um, Brooke offensively actually had a couple of decent games. He had a couple of solid box score games against Indiana, but he just looks old and slow out there. And it, you know, it's it's a seven foot guy in his mid thirties against a very young, very fast team. So it makes sense to a certain extent. But I think the Bucks' defense on the perimeter has scaled back to such an extent that, like, the way that they're guarding screens, Brooke just can't effectively drop anymore. Like, the Bucks are giving up paint points. It's not just in transition. I mean, that happens, like, feels like I don't, twice a game, maybe, that they get straight up just beaten. Now, I'm not talking about, like, uh, um, like semi-transition. I'm not, like, obviously, if they have a steal in the half court and a guy's in front of everyone he's going to dunk that's not what i mean like like a rebound and it just gets thrown over like at most four points a game even against the pacers at this point but i mean tyrese halliburton or benedict matherin or tj mcconnell or god who else plays for the pacers and of, you can say the same for all the spurs guys you know their defender dies on the screen they are basically two on one with brooke and it just feels like he has not won one of those possessions in weeks. And it, you shouldn't expect him to win every time. That's why I, I, I've cut him a little bit of slack. That's a hard position. I mean, that's why a lot of teams don't have success with drop coverage. Because if you, you can't fight over the screen, it is really hard. But he's lunging out of position. You see him try and go for blocks sometimes. Like someone was posting up Giannis in one of the Pacers games. He's like diving for the block. And then the center gets the offensive rebound and taps it in. Like, it feels like the volume of attempts that he's having to defend has just kind of thrown off his feel for how to do it. And it's been it's been ugly back there. I don't think there's any debating it. I'm, I'm not saying it's all on him, but I am saying the problems on the perimeter have been too leaky for him to solve them all like he used to be able to do. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's important to point out it's not all on him because he doesn't have that same ball pressure that he's used to having uh, to, to help him out. And in, in terms of like a Drew Holiday, in terms of like a Javon Carter, uh, George Hill. And in, in for now, past. for now on those last two. Yeah, for now, for now, we'll see. George could step out of that podcast studio tomorrow. He could <laughs> hop off the ranch. Yeah. It's going to be difficult to get him off the ranch. It is. He loves the ranch. Does love the ranch, but for uh, anyone who thinks there's something weird there, he he's just he's an outdoorsy guy with a big ranch in Texas. I think that's all. He in, that's the he reference. Imports animals to hunt. Listen, <laughs> okay. Still, uh, still. I'm just pointing weird, out, a fact. but in a different way. I'm just pointing okay. out a fact. Yeah, yeah. We can move on. Uh, we just lost our a, NRA whole, listeners. There's a whole. I didn't even say anything good or bad. I did. I just said. I did. Yeah. I said that's weird right. in a different way. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole Bucks All Access about him giving a tour to, yeah. <laughs> to the, the team about the ranch. Uh, but yeah, he, Brooke Lopez does not have the same ball pressure to sort of help him out, like in terms of like guys fighting over screens, in terms of guys like sort of fighting from behind to try and like get rear contests and stuff like that. So that makes his life a little more difficult. The perimeter defense has been more leaky, like you mentioned. Uh, and that kind of, it's it, that's not Brooke's fault. That's not Brooke's fault. What the Brooke issue is, is that you can't deviate from that scheme in order to like sort of fix your problems because it's like if, not when if he's you, playing. Exactly. Exactly. When Brooke Lopez is playing, you can't really deviate from a drop because he will struggle 
in other ways and teams will exploit that. Look at what the Bucks did when they when the Spurs brought in Mamu. He was in for like five seconds and then he was out because like it the Bucks just went at him. If there's if there's a two minutes and 31 seconds Mamu played in this game, Bucks legend, heard legend, love you, Mamu. But the Bucks saw it just just like it, it was just it's just barbecue chicken every yeah. time uh every time mamu they went at mamu and i'm not saying brook is going to be that but i'm saying if you try to deploy brook in any other scheme besides drop if you want to have him high hedge you want to have you want to trap with brook have him sort of like uh hedge and recover yeah teams are going to exploit that I- immediately they tried against the pacers it did not go well it did not go well because what teams will do is if they they even tried like switching everything. Yeah. There were like a, a few possessions and like credit to the Bucks, they're trying. Yeah, they're they're absolutely trying. Like look at that that second and Pacers game of the week. They employed like four different coverages in a quarter or something like that. Yeah, um, they're they're trying a lot of different things, but I think the issue is you can't try a lot of different things with Brook Lopez. You really can't. You really can't. Like he he's he excels in a drop. That's where you can best play him. But unfortunately, the personnel around him is not best suited to play a drop defense. So it kind of makes life difficult for him. It's it's sort of it, what's the what's the phrase I'm looking for? Is, is that a catch 22? Yeah. Yeah. Between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. It's like you can't deviate from a drop because then Brooke will be exploited. But you can't really use a drop because teams are already exploiting that because of the perimeter defense. Yeah. The perimeter defense and the interior defense are sort of out of sync for the Milwaukee Bucks. And they're having a hard time trying to bridge that gap. One one thing that the Bucks could try and do is that they haven't really gone to this season is just go small Giannis at the five. They, yeah. They've sort of not done that, whether that's just because, one, they know how it works and they don't need to try that during the regular season. But I would argue against that because this is a new team, new personnel. Yeah. Uh, and or two, they just want to start using it later in the season before the playoffs. So you can I, sort of. I think we're going to see that when Crowder's back. That's that's that was the option number three. Yeah. Is that you don't have that linchpin forward who is boss man nine nine. The boss man cometh. The, the boss man cometh. Do you want to do you want to give the news on boss man? I return? do. According to Jared Greenberg on TNT during tonight's broadcast, he caught up with Jay Crowder. This guy, this guy got in there and reported. They did one game. He had multiple good reports from the TNT broadcast crew. Uh, Crowder is pain free, cleared for on court. We'll do five on five on Sunday, and if that goes well, what is it? Was it he could return a week from today, Thursday? I think I missed this, so it's <laughs> okay. So either a week from Sunday or a week from Thursday. So potentially that Celtics game, which would be a crazy game to come back to, but I'm sure Bossman would want to. But things are going well, and we're close. We're a week to ten days away from Bossman Nine Nines return to action. Yeah, especially because we hopefully, saw the, hopefully, 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 uh, knock on wood. Hopefully he returns soon. But we saw earlier in the season when he was playing, and I was about to say healthy. It turns out he wasn't truly yeah. fully healthy. Uh, we saw it like, yeah, he, he, he's a good fit with this version of the Milwaukee Bucks. Like yeah. he, he is a guy who can be a sort of versatile forward who can sort of be a strong defender. He's not going to move his feet as quick as he used to, no. uh, but he is going to be able to stay in front of guys and be sort of like a strong guy to really like, just be a, just he be should a, make a new defender. line of merch. Just a strong guy. He should. I'd buy, story. I'd buy it. I'd buy it. Uh, restock your store, man. 
boss yeah, you're, man. You're ready to spend on on the the boss I man. I almost did. Story. I almost did. I almost did. Well, he's had some time off. Maybe he's been cooking up some some new designs in the lab. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, boss man, come on the pod, but, please. Yeah, he's sort of that linchpin forward for the Giannis at the five lineups because you need like a, a strong, sturdy power forward who can really switch. And that's what Jay Crowder is. Yeah, that, theoretically, that's what Jay Crowder is, and has been this season before he uh, unfortunately had to get surgery. Uh, so maybe that's another reason why we haven't seen a lot of Giannis at the five. But it's it's also a question of with Giannis at the five lineups, like that's taking out two of your top six guys. Yeah, that's the other thing. That, that's the, with all with all of this, like the young guys should play more. The young guys should play X minutes per night. It's like, who's not playing them? And it's easy to say, oh, Bobby and Pat, just don't play them. But that's just not how the NBA works. Well, it's yeah. not, it, I, well, it's it's not, not how like relationship dynamics I mean, work. Also, it's, it's just like, like, look at the size of the team. I mean, I, you, you don't want Giannis starting at the center for a regular season, at least not at no. this stage in his career. And it's just difficult. I'll tell you what, this is going to be a hot take from Ty. I hope this age is horrible. I hope I get laughed at for this in a month when he looks awesome again. I think I don't think Brooke is untradeable right now. I mean, I don't I know. Say. Technically, I don't. I maybe he is until the fifteenth. But you know what I mean. Like this this season, um, which is unfortunate. But I think it's and I, I, what I would prefer is if they could add a defender prior to the deadline and just see how much of a difference does that make. How much of, and Crowder maybe that'll give us some clarity. But a point guard defender. I'm, people have seen me pine over Chris Dunn. Who's shooting forty percent on catch and shoot threes? Is he is he your Utah new Biz? Jazz. Biz MacBiombo? I mean, Biz was unemployed at the time, so that's I feel fair. like this is like this is not as down bad as that. Yeah, that's fair. That that's would fair. be like uh, Stanley Johnson would be my Biz. Is he still <laughs> is he still floating around? Stanimal? I think he is. He's he's definitely floating around. He's not in the league. <laughs> that's what I meant. He gave yeah. those Lakers a couple good stints. I'm just saying. He he's a, he's with the Stockton Kings right now. He's very available. I that's another thing that I heard from Jake Fisher this week is the Bucks held a veteran workout Monday, potentially for guys with two way eligibility, which I don't think Stanimal qualifies there. But I do feel like I mean the need on the roster is obvious. I mean they just need more bench punch and Crowder coming back would help if they ever. Whether it's Crowder or someone else starts, I mean, Beasley off the bench would help the bench a ton. Beasley has been, most of the time, very consistent offensive players. That's a nice finish. He is decisive as yeah. well. He can score at the rim and from three, which is true for two other guys. Yeah. I guess you could say Marjan. I guess. Would be the fourth. Yeah. Dame, yeah. Chris, Bees, Marjan. I mean, Giannis tonight. Ajax has shown he can shoot. Yeah, the rim part's the issue with Ajax. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm worried about there. We haven't even talked about Giannis Wemby. We'll have to maybe end with that because it's very fun. But still have are, to do stocks. Yeah. I think it won't take long. But yeah, we'll end with we'll end with Buck Spurs stocks and quick recap. I don't remember the point I was making. Oh, they could just they just need a perimeter def- a guard defender, I think. Even after Bossman is back. Because the point guards are just getting by way too easily at this point. What? I, okay, a little tangent. I googled Stanley Johnson. Yeah, and just one of the suggested questions, like people also ask, right? Yeah, who is Jennifer Kidd married to? Is it Stanley Johnson? 
Oh, it is a Stanley. It's not the. It's not the Stanley Johnson we're talking. Okay, that makes sense. Who's is, who's the first person? Is this a known person? Stanley Patrick Johnson is a British French author and former politician who is oh. a member of the European Parliament uh, from 1979 to 1984. I wonder if they a called him Stanley too. I hope they do. Is did I don't know if he's alive. Is he alive? I mean, he's alive. Yeah. All right. Uh, he's 83. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I was just really confused. Yeah. Okay. Now, wait. Oh, he's Boris Johnson's dad. Oh. Oh, there's, there we go. Because it, another one of people also ask her, who are Boris Johnson's parents? And I'm just like, what's going on here? This is, so it's, your, it's, this is your version of like a, like Reddit or something where you just go through the Google suggested and, and just like learn things. Yeah. And another people also ask, what languages can Boris speak when all you right, Google Stanley it Johnson? It out. This won't okay. end, Ron. We'll okay, 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 okay. Another thing about the British parliamentary <laughs> system. Oh, don't get me started. No, I have uh, so. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. But. Well, yeah, the the Bucks bench does need a punch. Do you think they can just play better? I think they can, but there's also a clear need. I think also, like we, we've said, boss man coming back will answer a lot of questions about this team. What's going to happen to the rest of the wing minutes is what I'm going to be really fascinated by. I don't know. I, I truly don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, boss man plays really well. Maybe we get a situation where... Pat's just extremely tradable because that's, that's he's just not, not in the rotation. At least, at least what Bobby has going for him is that he's a big. He's scarce. Yeah, that's the thing. That if Bobby got traded, that you'd have to bring a big back. I mean, we you ha- there's no choice. We you joke about Marquise Bolden. He just has not proven anything at the NBA level. You, you can't trust him to to come in and you know give you real rotational role. And uh, don't want to belabor a point, but you know Robin Lopez jersey swapped with someone who had as much impact as he did. In Buck Spurs, and it was the Spurs mascot. He's not he's not at a place where he can play every night either. My favorite conspiracy theory from our Discord is that 
Robin was bored, so he and Brooke are 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 identity swapping, and that's been the issue. If that's true, it's just no. There's no way. You, so so the the theory is that it's just Brooke wearing a wig. Yeah, on the bench. Yes. Yeah, on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. And then that Robin be, shaved and. That'd be so. That'd be wild. Could you imagine? No, the the shooting form is is. Uh, he would very have to different. be doing a very good impression. He would yeah, have to be doing because, a very good impression. Because those two have very, very different shots. And Brooke uh, would have to be doing a good one on the garbage time, too, because it, it has looked very Robin. Yeah, I don't think but he only true. has he only has to do like two a year, though. That's true. So. <laughs> um, no, I, I feel like they, they could snap out of it to a certain extent, but I feel like they, they do need some help. Crowder will provide some. I think that they could use some more. Defensively, I know uh, from – reading and interacting with uh, Buck's film room, Brian on Twitter. The gripe is they start the guards start picking up too far from the hoop, like 30 feet away. Which actually I watched the fourth quarter. The only guy who did was Andre Jackson Jr. and he got pulled right after doing it and fouling. It seemed like they played a lot lower the rest of that quarter. I don't know if that was an adjust it seemed like an adjustment. I think that's true. Like the scheme could be better. They they do press. They don't force enough turnovers with their personnel. I also like – I've seen guys get beat from the corner and just dr- driven straight around. Like I, I don't know – I think that tweak maybe helps. I don't think it solves – it doesn't solve the issue defensively to me. Like I feel like we've moved past a point where scheme is killing them defensively. I think the quality of their defenders and their effort to a certain point are killing them def- defensively. The funny thing is – Dame has not really been one of their biggest issues, which I think a lot of us worry he about. He hasn't. He truly hasn't. He's probably he's, been their he, best guard defender. He, I think he is. <laughs> right now, he's been Which is playing, an issue. Like, yeah, it is. And But also credit to Dame. Yeah, that, like not he's for him, but for the team. I mean, there's, there's clear limitations there just based on his workload offensively. Yeah. But yeah, he he's been he has not been an issue. It's been guys like campaign. It's been it's been Malik Beasley. It's been Andre Jackson Jr. at times. Yeah. It's been it's like who name name a guard or a wing on Mar- the Bucks. Mar- it's been has like Chris. A, Chris oh, is yeah, a turnstile. Yeah. They try to use him as like a guy to pick up assignments sometimes. I'm almost like that's weird. But usually there's a switch, it doesn't end up mattering, but I'm like, God, oh, it's weird. Yeah, they sort of do it so they they put him on him. I'm glad you pointed that out. Pre-switch. Yeah, they pre-switch it. But still, you're obviously running the risk of just an ISO as well. Yeah, and we've seen that at times. Like like Tyrese Halliburton was just – he was just ISOing from the top of the key and hitting whatever three he wanted. Freaking Caitlin Cooper. I didn't mean to say freaking Caitlin Cooper. She's great, but she had the play. She pointed out the fake – he called for fake stack and Chris and Giannis both kind of – Ducked around a screen that wasn't happening, and Tyrese just walked into an open three. My new take on Tyrese is stupid, sexy Tyrese Halliburton. He's awesome. We would love this so much. That's why I can't be mad at him. He's talking to all the fans in Indiana and skipping around, and I'm like, man. It's only against the Bucks, though. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. watch that much of the rest. No, because the Pacers haven't been – Good. good enough against other teams. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they've they've had the Bucks. They have the Bucks number. That's the last yeah. regular season game. Yeah. So you can I'm do not, with that if you win. You're four exactly. and one against the team. Yeah, exactly. He's not a dirty player. I, no, I, I'm saying, no, I'm not saying, in the slightest. No. I don't hate him for it. I respect him, but also like I'm sick of it. Yeah, I'm sick. You know, I'm enough. sick of TJ McConnell. I'm, I've had Dude, enough TJ McConnell. What does he have against Milwaukee? 
I don't know. I think Drew bullied him a lot. So he's just built oh. up a lot of anger. And he's just taking it out on campaign and Dame. Everyone. Yeah. He, he beat Giannis once. He's just I, incredible. It's just, I, I don't understand. Against the Bucks. I just – I don't understand. Like I, I uh, do think that's a factor that is pro- – again, I don't want to make excuses. Those games meant a lot to the Pacers. Benedict Matherin looks like prime Jimmy Butler against the Bucks. Every time I watch Benedict Matherin against the Bucks, I'm like, wow, this guy is next up in the league. And then like you read Pacers coverage from any other game, they're like, Matherin disappeared again. I'm like, what? Why? Just because like Giannis was 11-0 and in 11 games or something against you, that's, you don't have to be this mad. I guess you yeah, do. I, just, I guess you do if you ever want to snap that. But yeah, they 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 snapped. They it. snapped it. They they definitely snapped it. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully the Bucks can snap out of whatever they're in right now. Uh, I think they will. I'm honestly, I'm not long term concerned. I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of watching it. It's a bad stretch. It's a bad stretch. Like yeah. we'll, we'll call it as we see it. It's a bad stretch. I like Dame's quotes after the second Pacers loss. I always kind of go to Dame because I know people are always like, oh, where's Dame at? Is Dame this? Is Dame that? And he was like, I've had this situation before in my career when it seemed like a team had our number in the regular season. And we came back and we got him in the playoffs. Like, we're not playing well, but it's a good opportunity for us to learn and grow and fix what we're doing. I was like, that is true. I mean, I know obviously we want to see it happen more than we want to hear people talk about it. But it's a good attitude. I think Giannis has been on the same wavelength. I think they know they have to be better. Again, I think Giannis has been pretty great. Um, but Dame just has to shoot better, and then the rest of the roster just needs to fit in better. I think that's an issue, and I think John Horace can help out with that by getting better fits. But Are you also, saying they should fit in and not fit out? I mean, yes. Literally, we got Pat Cotton and running into people. That was one of the – it's one of the worst plays I've seen, man. And that turnover, I was just like, oh, they might lose to the Spurs. Yeah, I thought. I thought honestly, I thought they were going to lose to the Spurs because Wemby had an alien game. He did. And just like you, you, let's let's do stocks. Wemby up. I mean, just real quick before we get going, ten for eighteen from the field, but again, he was only two of eight from three, so he was uh, eight for ten from two, five for six from free throw, nine rebounds, just some ridiculous five plays, blocks, five blocks. Yeah. The, the alley-oop to himself when he fooled Giannis and, and nobody thought to try and box him out, although it's hard to do. You know, the block on Giannis when Giannis, Giannis got the got the move, got the space he always gets, goes up to yam it on him. Wemby says no. Um, he, he got him once, though. They got, they oh, got yeah. each other. Oh, they yeah, got each of other. Of course. You could tell they loved playing against each other. That's why, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the game, even though I was like, I wish the Bucks were playing. I didn't enjoy all of it. But like it was in so the fourth fun. quarter, I was so like, this fun. is this is a fun. This is why we watch this stuff. So um you could say Giannis got the better of Wemby, though. 44 points, 14 rebounds, seven assists, two steals, one block, just one turnover, 67% from the field, 67% from three, two huge ones in the fourth quarter. The form looked pure. And four, four of six from free throw. He put the team on his back. Then Dame stepped up and helped him carry it out, but my God, there was a time in that fourth where it was just like, oh, Giannis does not want to lose to Wemby. Okay, we're here for this. And it was awesome. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So in terms of stocks for this game, I think we're gonna go, we're gonna go ahead and say Giannis up. So my question is one or two. I know he's Might already be t- at 55. I, but so let's carried. say let's say one. Let's say one. All right. One and a half, informal half. Informal half, I agree. So what does that put him at? Put him 56. at fifty-six. 
And then we got we got Bobby down. Yeah, we got all the reasons we talked about. We got Brooke down. Yep. Do we do Pat? Um, we probably could. What was his final line? A two for four. So he finally knocked down a couple threes. He had six rebounds. He did have three turnovers. He was the only bench player with a positive plus minus. So okay, we'll we'll give him a we'll give him an informal down, half down. That's fair. He did get a down two games ago as well. So he's probably the sad thing is he's probably been one of the better players on that bench unit. But that just shows you it's not been a good unit. I think campaign probably avoids it. I. Like he wasn't good, but I think he had four. He had a lot of assists and one or zero turnovers. Four assists, one turnover. He's zero for three, but he hit five free throws. He did draw a lot of free throws in the fourth quarter that I actually thought really helped stabilize them. So I'm not mad at campaign for this performance, even though he was not hitting his three. It was nice to find him find other ways to contribute when the threes were not falling. Put it that way. For sure. For sure. Um. Yeah, I think we I think we're fine with just those three movements, right? I would agree. I mean, Chris looked really good again. I think that is a big story from this game that as long as it was just planned that he would only play half of it to not go overboard with his his load as he ramps up. I mean, 5 for 8 from the field, 2 for 3 from deep, 3 assists, 1 steal, 3 rebounds and just one turnover in 15 minutes. Chris looks awesome lately and he's one of the best mid-range shooters in the league right now. He's been a good playmaker, even if he has some ugly uh, turnovers. And again, Dame didn't shoot well. I'm not saying upstock, but 10 assists and no turnovers for Dame in this game. So yeah. the Bucks' primaries moved the ball really well. For sure. For sure. Uh, yeah. So I think we're I think we're fine with just those three movements. It's uh it's just a it, it's a, it's an interesting time for the Milwaukee Bucks. Also, uh some other news. Uh all-star voting. Yeah. Uh, Wait, we real got quick, the... real quick, Wemby, I want to ask you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are they just doing him the biggest disservice with this roster or what? I think I mean, Vassell is good. Uh, Vassell had a good game. I, I think just... once, yeah, once once they once they switch to Trey Jones as the starting point guard and not basically not having Jeremy Sohan as the I, uh, I just don't know why. But they switched to someone else first, too. Wasn't it Branham first, but he was hurt? Yeah, Branham's hurt. But he's also not really a point guard. I don't know why. Like, how many experiments do you want to run? Wemby's your experiment. Like, don't make don't make Sohan a point guard while you're trying to get Wemby to figure out NBA basketball. That's my thing. I thought it was yeah. silly. Devontae Graham would come. And Devontae Graham stinks. He would come in and be like, oh, their offense looks a lot better because someone who knows how to dribble and pass is on the floor. It, it's it's like the it's like the 15, 16 bucks where they were starting MCW at the point guard. And it's just like. There's just no, there's just no playmaking. On one, of the, one of the craziest ones ever is the the year it looked like the Sixers were going to go six and seventy six, and it I forget who they it was like, Ish Smith maybe. I think it might have been Ish, and it, like I think they doubled their win percentage over the last half of the year. Like it was like having a point guard matters a lot. <laughs> a yeah. or like a distributor. Obviously, if you have the wings to do it, that's fine. But um, yeah, the Spurs do not. Yeah. Trey Jones and, and Wemby is a good, good combo, it's, though. It's, it's the Wemby part. Trey Jones is fine. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe it's just like he but looks yeah, better in comparison. By comparison, yeah. It's yeah. Like, oh, my God. That's what I'm saying. I was watching Devontae Graham, and I was like, ooh, he really threw that entry power. He's one for six. Oh, okay. Uh, it turns out get Wemby the ball is good. Uh, there was a couple <laughs> of fast breaks where they didn't, and I saw so many people sharing the clip like, what are we doing? 
It's like this dude's this dude it's ridiculous. I don't watch a lot of Spurs games no, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Might and to be fair, the Bucks probably saw the best version of Wembenyama that he's played in the NBA so far. Except this, for the threes. There are games except where he for the knocks threes. him down. He is not good on the season percentage wise, but um Yeah. But they, they saw the they saw the complete package. And Vassal. And, that's the thing. That's why the Spurs made it a game is those two really played well together and off each other. You could tell I think they have something there already in terms of a young core. Don't know about almost anyone else on the roster, but that's okay. It's it's early. And yeah, they're going to have more enough. top picks coming. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Hawks, they are. Hawks picks, too. Raptors pick, too, isn't it? Oh, yeah. From oh, the Pearl Trish? Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, we haven't even talked about that, either. Oh, the 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 OG. OG, uh, yeah. RJ. And Anobi finally gets traded. I thought it was like one of the most fair trades ever, which is hilarious. I think so. For a Masai so. Ujiri trade. It is. It is, it is very fair. Um it's probably going to end up working out. It's just a weird trade. It's just, it makes more sense. Like you saw all the things come out and it's like, yeah, I think the Raptors could use those two guys more, especially at their ages with Scotty and the Knicks trying to compete right now with Brunson and Randall and Mitch and well, probably not with Randall, with whoever they trade Randall for and could use OG more right now. And they're going to have to pay him a lot, but he's, he's a great player. He's a very good player. So. Yeah. I just, I don't know if the Knicks really like, the guy to go trade RJ Barrett for is another wing, but well, I think they needed. A I, mean, I think they just wanted like when you can speed up a guy's progression to his what ninety fifth percentile outcome, and you're an older team anyway. Like, why not for one second? Yeah, round pick that's fair. I, quickly, I think it's yeah, it's a it's a good trade for both teams. I see Raptors fans talking about quickly like he's more than I think he is, but that's okay. They need something to be excited about. I really like quickly. I think he's I think he's solid. I think he, I think he's pretty pretty good. Do you think he ever makes an all-star team? No. Okay. We're we're on the same page there. No, I don't think he makes an all-star team. It doesn't make him a bad player. No, it does not make him a bad it player. It is just a very guard-heavy league right now. Yeah. But speaking of all-stars. Yes. So the first fan uh fan voting returns came in for the all-star game, which we know everyone cares so much about. Uh, I actually do in this case. I do in this case as well, and I was being sarcastic, but I was I was going to zig and, mm. uh, from my zag, but you know me too well, Ty. Uh, so the first first fan voting is returned. Giannis leads the entire league in votes. Uh, it's it's been him or LeBron for the past like five six years now. It's so. usually been LeBron. No, it's usually been LeBron. I was going to say that's no LeBron might catch up because I think the same thing happened last year or two seasons oh, ago, yeah. where in the first return Giannis came back leading the league, and then LeBron came and uh, took the lead. And they're not doing captains this year, correct? No, it's East versus West again. Uh, what a bad year to do it if you're the if you're the Bucks because you're playing with uh, Tyrese Alberton, who is le- uh, the leading vote getter for guards in the East, and the game is in Indianapolis. Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, it'll be a fun environment, considering it looks as of right now that the Milwaukee Bucks could have two All Star starters because Giannis not only leading. The entire league, and therefore the the front court in the East in fan voting. Damian Lillard is second place in fan voting in the Eastern Conference for guards too, right? He has around an eighty-two thousand. Oh, not league. very big then. No, so he's at nine hundred and fifty, like an, around nine hundred and fifty-six thousand votes. Uh, Trey Young is around eight hundred and seventy-four thousand votes. But then from there, Donovan Mitchell six hundred and twenty-five, Tyrese Maxey four eighty. So Maxey's it's those the one getting robbed. Yeah, realistically, yeah. Uh, I mean, I th- so it's a combination of was it player, fan, 
media. So 50% is the fan vote. 25% player, 25% media. I mean, you've got to feel pretty good that players and and media are going to give Dame an edge over Trey Young. I I would think. Yes, but it Tyrese Maxey though is where it really comes into play. Well, because, but if the fan votes that big and Dame like triples him up, I don't know if it's that relevant. I don't. Uh, I think it's it's ranked. It's it's not based on like how many more votes you have. It's based on like your position. So if Maxey finished first in the other two, but fan vote is worth more, and Dame finished first there. Well, yeah, then then it would get, but I don't think Dame's going to finish first because he's like four hundred thousand votes behind Tyrese Halliburton. But there's two spots, so finish yeah. second. Yeah, I don't second. think he'll finish that much lower than second in player or media voting. Yeah, that's fair. That's we'll fair. see. It'll be interesting. I hope they do it. It will be the first time ever for two bucks to start an All Star game. Yeah, I mean we I know Giannis the, will, but Giannis, Giannis is going to yeah, just obviously, but yeah. uh. Whether whether we see Damian Lillard there, it would be uh, it'd be really fun. I feel pretty uh, good. He'll he'll probably be in the game no matter what. He'll he'll definitely be in the game. I was talking uh, to a but my buddy Demetrius about this. I was like, I don't know. He hasn't really, you know, he has kind of kind of rough patch, and he's just like he's not a Bucks fan, just like an NBA fan. He goes, it's Damian Lillard. You forgot how this works. He's gonna be in the game, and I was like, oh, that's cool. We're not used to that. It's crazy. We're not used to that at all. We're not used to having another top seventy-five guy of no, all time. It's, I, We're not I'm, used to having I'm so that, used to a household like, name. Listen, these are the four stats that tell you why Drew Holiday should be in all the Derek White, which is the Celtics people are doing now. The all Derek five, all five Boston Celtics starters are have made the like the top ten in guards and front court. I do wonder. I assume maybe three of them go. I do wonder, like how. How they decide which ones go. It's going to be interesting. Tatum's going. Well, obviously, yes. Jalen's probably going? I think Jalen and KP have realistically the best two cases. But they, but the, the Celtics people are like, no, Derek White. It's like are you, they might cannibalize and lose out on an all-star because all everything you see is like Derek White, Derek White. It's like, okay, he's like 16 and 5. Like it's just it's just not. It's gonna, hard to do it that way. I know he's yeah. a great defender. I am well aware of this. The All Star game is the All Star game. Yeah. Why do you think we were so surprised when Drew made it last year? That that the sad thing is like, no one's even thinking about him. Drew is tenth in guards for. I'm actually voting. shocked he even placed. If you look at the season, that's what, because he he hasn't he hasn't done that in the past in terms of fan voting. Yeah. It must just be like – I mean it, it makes sense I guess. All the Celtics people have to be hype about being able to vote for a whole starting five and having it not be completely ridiculous. Obviously, they're not all going to make it. but Yeah, but uh, it looks like – well, Giannis is a lock. Dame should be, should be on the all-star team. It's just a matter of whether he starts or not. Uh, and just for, uh, just for news, I guess, in the, in the Western Conference, it's LeBron, KD, Jokic. Uh, for the front That's court, top crazy. Three. Get it together, Denver and Serbia. I know it's crazy, right? Like Jokic is third. He's like one hundred and sixty thousand votes behind AD. And AD or KD? KD, excuse me. I was going to say, okay, we're really. I mean, I wouldn't be that shocked, but no, AD is fourth. That's why I got confused. Yeah. And then Luca and Steph uh, leading the charge for guards in the West. Uh, SGA is third. James Harden. Is for there's a massive thing. drop. 
The massive. Do you want to hear the drop off? Yeah. So third is SGA with nine hundred and sixty-seven thousand votes. Fourth is James Harden with four thirty-two. Oh wow! I mean, yeah. that, that, I mean, SGA should be starting it. Uh, I don't know who you take out exactly. Probably Steph, but SGA has been otherworldly. Yeah. But it's the same Dame thing. Like it's Steph. You know who's? You know what's sad about that? Those returns specifically. Who's what? not on that list? Devin Booker is not on that top ten list. Like so, oh, there's stop. just like a bunch of KD fans who haven't haven't glommed onto the Suns. I guess I, that's just odd. Like I know obviously KD's hugely popular. I mean Devin Booker is awesome. Devin Booker is the best player on the Suns. <laughs> he's like, one of the best. I mean, he's one of the best five players in that conference. Oh, for sure, for sure. And it's 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 so strange to me. Like this is a guy who's been in the finals. Like yeah. dropped forty point games in the finals. Like, but but you know what? He was a victim of that. Even like at that time, people were still like, "Oh, it's Chris Paul's leadership." And but even I'm ter- in terms of like popularity. I'm saying in terms of being like a household man. Like he dated Kendall Jenner. Like yeah. how do people not know who Devin Booker is? That's a good point. Didn't he get into it with like Bad Bunny or something too? And he's feel I feel like too. He's like. Like, how do people not know who Devin well, Booker like, is? Tatum is way more famous, but like Booker is probably better, right? I'd say so. It's at least it's at least a combo. Yeah, I'd say they're I'd say they're on like at worst on par. Same with Shea, and I feel like even Shea, because you could say, oh, it's Phoenix versus Boston. I think Shea is. Well, I mean, he's third in the votes. He's I think he's better than Booker too, but I don't think it's like. And Shea's I, in like Skims commercials. I, Shea plays in Oklahoma City. I know it's crazy. I don't know for the Clippers, which aren't even like a, a real entity. Yeah, and he wasn't even he wasn't a guy on the Clippers. But no, like, exactly. He, he, it's just crazy, and it can't just be because he went to Kentucky. Like, no, because that would. I mean, so did Booker. Exactly. Yeah, I just don't get and it. Like, everyone why, in the league. Why does Devin Booker have no aura? I think he does, though. Does it? Clearly not. No, I think Booker's awesome. I just think he's underserved. I just know it's I I think he's not, awesome. Not even just on court, like his his presence, I think is good. He has a he has a signature shoe. Yeah, and it's it's just it's he's crazy. Got less All star votes than Caitlin Clark. She's not even in the game or league. It's crazy. It's 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 absolutely insane. He's like, probably he's probably the least respected for his skill level player level player in the league right now. No, so so one seventy is the cutoff. Right. So that's like 10th in the West is 17500. That's Austin Reeves. So Devin Booker got less votes than that. Players uh like Paolo Bancaro got 164. Man. Uh Kyle Kuzma got 178. Dude, who is voting for is it Chet still Holmgren the is getting 187? I mean, Ch- uh, yeah, Chet's had a, a really fun Mikhail year. Kale yeah. Bridges is 200 k Wow. Okay, that puts it in perspective. Less than McHale on the Nets, that's bad. What's going on, it's, Phoenix? I don't I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. It's it's like KD, clearly, he has like 1.8 million votes. Like that's going to happen. I mean, yeah, KD, but like you can't have half. De'Aaron Fox has 210. He's had a great year too, but not as good. He's worse than Booker. Yeah. And he plays in Sacramento. Yeah. That's I just don't get odd. it. I don't get it. Odd. That is very, very odd. Yeah, just he has no Albert Shingoon three. Th- he has a country behind it, but like three thirty six. 
335, excuse me. It's just, it's crazy. Like Paul George has 420. I like Paul George. I like Paul George a lot. If Paul George wants to around a top five guy in the league for a long time and very likable and has a good podcast. Yeah. Bam. Played in 38. But played in Indiana and OKC and then the Clippers first. It's not like he's like, you know, Paul George never got the Lakers bump either. No, it's just like I don't understand how Tyrese Maxey has like at least double the votes. I think he probably still doesn't even have enough is the crazy thing. No, correct. And like LaMelo Ball, 233. The Derek White, 176. What's Brunson have? Brunson's at 374. Honestly, a lot. Isn't that crazy? Not saying he deserves to be higher on that list. He does a little bit, but... The Knicks fans aren't doing more for Brun- uh, Tyrese Halliburton of the Indiana Pacers has a million more votes than Jalen Brunson of the Knicks. Yeah, that is in it's that's it's hard to believe. Epic. I think the Julius Randall isn't top ten in forwards. Yeah, the Knicks fans are voting for Embiid. That's weird, though. It's so weird. I don't understand. Like, also, it's I. I love that for the last couple of years, we haven't been able to do like the social media votes. Yeah. That's good because you could just get a lot of bot manipulation. But they, but they still have Reeves and Kuzma. That's like, that's the craziest thing to me. I just, I don't understand. I get like, Reeves Tinkus more. Pingus is 190, 197. That's, I mean, the Celtics fans and Lakers fans, I get it. But like Kuzma still? Yeah. Like, why? Kyrie Irving, 388. That's always going to be. I mean, pl- yeah. players like Hoopers love Kyrie Irving. He's, he's having a okay year. But like, hey, what about like a guy like Anthony Edwards? Like, I love him. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong, he's a great player. Uh, two two ninety votes. Devin Booker can't get half, and he's like significantly better. I just I don't understand. The Booker thing is weird. It's it's true, you and it's not we'd even be like, like a, the last people who would be doing. I guess outside of Mavericks people, but like. I mean, I have a lot of Booker's just really, he's gotten like significantly better. It feels like every year too. It's crazy. Yeah. We'd be the last people you'd expect to be doing. It's going to come out next votes. He's going to be like, there's a new, a, a son's guard has breached the top 10. Congratulations, Bradley Beal. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to be like, what is going on? Dude? It's just, Are surgeons it, it, voting? What is happening? It needs. There needs to be an investigate. If Devin Booker is not in the top ten and Bradley Beal is, he needs to like audit these votes. <laughs> Dude, Austin Reeves is like a twenty minute per game player on a team that's two of in, in eight in their last ten, and he's on there. And I know Lakers. I get it. I get it. I get it. But like, come on, dude. It's I, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. It's and just, for, if it, anyone's unfamiliar, the coaches pick the reserves. So realistically, outside of the top like four or five, doesn't really matter the voting. But it is still. It's always interesting to see. Yeah, like James James Harden getting four hundred and thirty two thousand votes is just crazy. I know those Rockets fans are still. They they can't quit him. They love him still. They do. They wish they had him back. Which is he's playing well. I mean, the Clippers are kind of good. No, right he, now. The, the Clippers are actually look. Formidable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that we spent 20 minutes talking about Devin Booker. One last thing we'll talk about the rest of the league. Old friend Darvin Ham may be available for an assistant coaching gig. I don't know if he'd act. I don't think he'd actually go to the Bucs because he was a bud guy anyway, but it's not good. They're, they're putting out the stories now. Bucks fans thought we got one of the stories earlier. 
No, that was one of the stories. Yep. Did you see uh, who was a big business on Twitter? Oh, who I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna really advertise a lot for. Well, you already did. He's yeah. popular uh, enough. I mean, it doesn't need a doesn't need our endorsement. But uh, they had tweeted something about like after after the Lakers lost last night. It's like yeah, Shams is gonna get the call tomorrow after LeBron didn't do media, and then the Shams report comes out. In the board. I love those Shams in that report, which was like credit to him. He did a report. Uh, yeah. With someone else. I can't remember the B writer's name. Lakers B athletic B writer. Yovan? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh and it's like six player sources told me this. Like, that was the best part, for sure. Like, that was that was the best part. It's so funny. Usually you'd say like multiple. Six, nah, he's like, nah, I'm six. naming them. Six. Somebody six said, them. uh somebody said uh the clutch guys, which I don't think that's factually true, but that's a very funny way of looking at it. It is. It is a very funny way of looking at it, but it's like yeah, it it you can see this coming a mile away because it's a LeBron team that's struggling and has been struggling, and uh, it's just unfortunate for our guy Darvin. Maybe maybe he wasn't a Bud guy. Maybe he was an Oppenheimer guy. Maybe he's coming back. <laughs> maybe he's an Oppenheimer the movie guy. I don't think he's a Josh Oppenheimer guy. We'll see. We'll see. We shall see. But uh, I do you think they fire him. Yeah, that's on the wall. Yeah, I think from, it's, from, it's from the actual coverage people I follow. I don't think he's done a great job there. Obviously, he's being scapegoated for a bad roster that you know they were excited about getting, and it's just not all that good. But and like with no shooting, really. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't think he's going to see out the season. Unfortunately, unfortunate uh, for for our boy. Who's it? Phil Handy. Everyone loves over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I think he's going to be at the helm by the end of the year. We we shall see, but uh, uh, it's good to be back. We we haven't done a pod for a while. It's been like uh, a week and a half. Or it's been a year. Yeah, since it, last it, year. We haven't potted since last year. Uh, what is it? You can't. You shouldn't say Happy New Year after January third, but Happy New Year, everyone. Well, you just um, okay. What? Well, you you did it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm saying, even though you probably oh. shouldn't, I'm still going to wish the listeners a Happy New Year. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on Blue Wire and GSPN. Make sure you check out gspn.info for all of our links. Big, 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 big Packer game. Big Packer game on Sunday. Is it winning in? Or they need it's help winning too? in. They need help too it's or win- no? Oh. No. No. If they win that game, they make the playoffs. Shows where I've been at. Yeah. I think there's like two scenarios where if they lose and like three other teams lose, they no, can make forget it. Forget that. Winning in. But That's what matters. Winning in. For the second straight season, they have a win and in game. So make sure you're following Talk of the Tundra. Uh, find all the links at gspn.info. Shout out to all of our podcasts. Make time for this. Cruising for a bruise and win in six. Uh, win in six, Adam and Jordan, they just did a great uh, piece on uh, uh, the unfortunate passing of Senator Herb Cole. Uh, make sure you check that out. If you're listening on the podcast, uh, it's on the same feed. If you're watching on YouTube, check out gspn.info. It's it, you'll, you'll find the links. Uh, But yeah, make sure you subscribe to wherever you're listening to this or watching this pod random and we'll talk to you next time.